0: This is the second Sunday of Lent, and you're listening to the Gospel of the Lord and the homily of Reverend Angelo Satino, pastor of Nativity of Our Lord Parish in Warminster, Pennsylvania. with you, and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory Jesus took Peter, John and James and went up a mountain to pray. While he was praying his face changed in appearance, and his clothing became dazzling white. and behold, two men were conversing with him, Moses and Elijah who appeared in glory and spoke of his exodus that he was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions had been overcome by sleep, but becoming fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As they were about to part from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But he did not know what he was saying. While he was still speaking, a cloud came and cast a shadow over them, and they became frightened when they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my chosen son. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken... Jesus was found alone. They fell silent and did not at that time tell anyone what they had seen. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Your presence here today would say to me, at least on the surface, you are people of faith. And when I speak about faith, I mean relationship with God. So your presence today would say to me, you have a relationship with God and you live with faith in him. My brothers and sisters, in order to have a relationship with someone, in order to know them, We have to take time to be in their presence. When was the last time you quietly sat and just pondered the presence of God? Maybe in your home. Maybe when you come here into this church, recognizing it as the house of God. Often, when we sit, we're wound up. And so our mind races. And we come into the church and we start telling God what we want, what we need, what He should do. And the noise of our mind does not allow us to just ponder His power and His presence. In order for us to have a relationship with God, we need sometimes to be quiet and to just reflect upon who is God. Do you know God? In today's gospel, Jesus takes three disciples, Peter, James, and John, and he says, Come up the mountain with me. I'm going to pray. He probably thought they would pray with him, but as the gospel tells us, they went to sleep. Often when we pray, we basically go to sleep. Our mind races and we daydream about other things, or as I said in the beginning, we don't really pray, we demand what we want. In this scene... The disciples become drowsy. And suddenly when they awake, they see something extraordinary. Something miraculous. Something divine. There is a light glowing through Jesus. He reveals his glory to them as the promised Messiah, the Son of God. And as the scripture tells us, They're frightened. They're afraid. They don't know what to make of the whole thing. But they know they have been in the presence of something special. If you read commentaries on this gospel, it says, Jesus was preparing the three disciples on Mount Tabor, the mount of his transfiguration, for what they were going to experience in Jerusalem on Mount Calvary. His suffering and death. He was revealing his identity so they would have strength when the cross came to deal with it. When I was a young priest, another priest said to me one time, Angelo, learn early on that there are many more calvaries in the priesthood than there are tabers. In other words, there is more suffering than glory. And I would bet any of you in this church today who have lived life for any length of time know that that's true. In all of our lives, just the boring routine sometimes is a cross, but we all have trials and tribulations and crosses that we face. And the revelation of glory to us doesn't seem to be as often. But we need to be attentive to that revelation of glory if we hope to accept the cross. We need to go to Tabor if we hope to survive on Calvary, and so we need to put ourselves in a quiet place and ponder the presence of God and His power and His mercy and His love. Jesus died for each and every one of us, and we need to recognize that. That's why we have hope in the face of death. Just this week I visited a woman in our parish who is 49 years old and has just been put on hospice care for cancer. A wife and a mother of two. In our ministry we see lots of this. The Calvaries, not only in our own lives but in the lives of the people we serve so I visited with her and administered the sacraments and then we sat to talk and she asked me this so father what happens when we die so her and I ended up having a good laugh because I said to her well I'm not sure because I haven't done it yet none of us are sure But I said to her, as people of faith, we know we will meet the Lord. And that should give us great comfort. If we have taken the time to know who he is. To know who he is. You know, in this gospel it says, the disciples were frightened when Jesus revealed his glory. Now, a little bit of fear doesn't hurt anyone. All of us can think back to our parents if we had good parents. We loved them, we knew they loved us, but there was a little bit of fear in all of us at times from our parents. And it probably kept us in line and many times kept us safe. So a little bit of fear doesn't hurt. This world we live in today, there's no fear. No fear. Parents deliver their children from the consequences of their actions by fighting for them and denying that they did something wrong. Our world says there's no more sin. Everything is okay. And so if there's no sin, why do we need a savior? We need to be a little bit afraid. But when it comes to God... I will say this. You can't love someone you're afraid of. What the scripture is trying to tell us is the disciples were in awe in the presence of God. And we should be in awe of God. Of his presence, of his power, of his blessings, of his mercy, of his grace of his love and if we've allowed ourselves to come to understand that and to know him for who he is then we might in a human sense be afraid of the experience of death but not of meeting our God yesterday I sat and watched the funeral mass for Justice Scalia and was very moved by the homily his son, Father Paul Scalia celebrated that mass and actually when I realized he was the celebrant and the homilist I said a prayer for him because it's not easy for us priests to celebrate funerals for the people closest to us his homily was probably the best funeral homily I ever heard He said in there his father didn't like eulogies, and there was no eulogy. He said because the father said sometimes people get so carried away praising and canonizing the deceased that they fail to realize the deceased needs prayers, and so they don't pray for them. A trend in our society today. We don't pray. We don't celebrate mass for the dead. We have a celebration of life. We have a party. I always say to people, and take this to heart now, when I die, get on your hands and knees and pray. We all need prayers because we are imperfect before God. All of us. Father Paul talked about praying for the forgiveness of his father's sins. Saying his father was a good Catholic, and because of his faith, was a better public servant. But as the newspaper said today, he was buried not as a public servant, but as a Catholic Who believes in God and in the fact that God in his goodness, through the person of Jesus Christ, has delivered us from our greatest enemy, death. So that we look it in the face with confidence that Jesus and what he did delivers us from death and gives us the new life that God has planned for us. He said in that homily, my father was a practicing Catholic. Most people think that means, okay, he went to Mass, he received the sacraments. But he said practicing Catholic means we're still practicing. We haven't gotten it perfect yet. And who in this church is perfect as a Christian and a Catholic? None of us. So we rely... One God and what he has revealed to us through the person of Jesus that he won the forgiveness of our sins and the right to everlasting life and because of that we have hope but in order to live what I have just explained to you we have to know God know God So my brothers and sisters, when do you take the time to be quiet, stop telling God what to do or what he should do or what you want or what you need? When is the time you just sit in awe of who God is and who you are in relation to him? In a few minutes... The bread and wine on this altar will be transformed into the body and blood of Christ. Are you in awe when you behold that sacrament? Give yourself that gift of being uplifted by the glory of God. By being given the tabers as few and far between as they may be, so that you may overcome the Calvaries. My brothers and sisters, it is good for us to be here.